Hello, everybody, and welcome back. My name is Andrew Cipriano, and this is the Drift Proof Podcast, where we speak about not drifting through your life. Uh, so today, I have an episode with a guy named Andrew as well. His name is Andrew Schnitker. I think I said that right. And he is a graphic design business owner, and he has also had a long career working in the restaurant industry. So it's a pretty good entry, entry level. That's not what I meant to say. It's a pretty good episode. Um, and we talk about his life and what he's doing and what's meaningful. And we touch a little bit about Halloween, whoop, whoop, best day of the year coming out to you in about a week. Uh, and I just want to touch into, you may notice this episode is a week late. Normally I'm releasing every Monday and this one is gone by after a whole week of not pretty much hearing from me at all. So I was in Detroit. Uh, I live near Detroit and I was there over the weekend and I was on one of those rentable bird scooters. And at some point, I don't remember this part, but I must have flipped over the handlebars and hit a curb because I woke up in the hospital with a concussion and a broken cheekbone. So I had to get my face kind of reconstructed. And for anyone fortunate enough to never have had facial surgery, they literally went through the existing wounds all over my face. So they like were rooting around existing uh, cuts to pop my cheekbone back into place. So I woke up and I have never been so swollen in my life. Apparently at some point they gave me a catheter. So I had to go to the emergency room after I got home because I thought I couldn't pee and I was gonna, my kidneys were gonna explode. Uh, they gave me Percocets and I was constipated. So that was a whole, I'll write a whole comedy reel on that one day. Uh, and just, it was a horrible, god awful, unimaginably painful weekend. So I'm doing better. I'm not perfect. My vision's still blurred. I really can't think that clearly, um, but we're going to move forward with this. So hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about Andrew's career, how he decided to start his own business, and how it has actually gotten him to the position he's at now. So you guys enjoy, and uh, you won't hear from me until after Halloween. So you guys have a great freaking Halloween. Please enjoy. I was going to be Dr. Evil, and something just doesn't sit right about putting a bald cap over my uh, broken, fractured skull right now. So I'm going to play that by ear, but whatever my costume is, I'll post a picture on the Instagram. So you guys enjoy the Drift Proof Podcast, episode 13 with Andrew Schnitker. Thank you for listening and enjoy. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Drift Proof Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Cipriano, and today I have a guest on. So I know last week I did the episode where it was just me and we did the psychological perspectives. Um, today I have my other friend, also named Andrew, on today. You want to say hello? Hello. And then I'm going to try your name. We did this a bunch before, but it's Andrew <laughs> Schnitker. Oh, yeah, you got it. Schnitker. Hey. <laughs> Could you you want to spell it? S-C-H. <laughs> no, I guess he doesn't want to spell it. Okay. S C H N I T K E R. All right, so Andrew, I know how to spell it. Andrew and I have been friends for what? Probably about two years now. I think we met early 2019. Okay, so at that party. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we've been friends for about two years now, and um, me and Andrew almost lived together. That's a long story. One day, and I wasn't even there for it. So I made it one day <laughs> in his house, and then I learned I wasn't a huge fan of cats. <laughs> Is that the only reason? Oh Yeah, there was three <laughs> of them. There was three cats at the time and two dogs. Yeah, that's it was a lot. Horrible. But it's okay. But <laughs> I don't so, blame you. I would Honestly, I want to leave too. <laughs> so tell me just like basic information about you. What makes you Andrew Schnitker? Oh, geez. Well, I'll start with something interesting if you really want to know. Um... I am related to the guy that killed Abraham Lincoln, John Wilkes Booth. How are you related? My grandma's last name is Booth. And so we did like that ancestry thing and he came up on it. That's not. Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't make me who I am, but I mean, it's interesting. 
but it's funny. So you're related to John Wilkes Booth? That's awesome. Yeah, not really. I mean, God, he shot somebody in the fucking head. Yeah, but he was also an actor. <laughs> so you come from an actor, an acting people. Oh, I, I, I'm pretty good at faking my life. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think it's funny because we have a long-term joke in our family. We don't say ancestry. We say ancestry because our grandparents were first cousins. <laughs> <laughs> that was Italy back in the 30s and 40s. It was normal back then, people. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> well, no judging. To each their own. That's <laughs> so, what you like. So we're you know, in These jump- days, you can't judge people for anything. <laughs> no, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you'll, get, you'll be offensive. So we're going to jump right into it. So Andrew and I met, um, yeah, like two years ago, and then we worked together at a bar for a little while. Yeah, so, great and, times, actually. Okay, you Probably know what? the happiest I ever was working there. Because really? Because it was like the new management and new people and like everybody was positive and things like that. So, so. you've been working in restaurants since what? Since what? 16? 17. So maybe 10, 16, maybe 17. So a little years. over 10 years, yeah. Okay, so Too we're going to kind of start off like how did you get into restaurants? And then we're going to talk about all the positions you've had, what you've learned from it, all the goods, bads, and, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, so I started at 17 or something like that, and I got into the industry based on a friend because obviously at that, age, at, a, ugh, at that age, you need a job. My parents were very, if you want to do something, you need to make your own money. So I used my resources and got a job at a cafe in Waterford. It's actually on the border of Waterford and Clarkson. It's called LA Cafe. Oh, yeah, I know the LA Cafe. Yeah, and I learned how to cook and serve because they only have two people working a shift. Wow, that's yeah. not normal, actually. Yeah, so, well, I mean, they're really small. They're doing better now, but I think during that time it might have been a little slower for them, but they're a great company, so shout out to them for starting my career in the <laughs> restaurant industry. And then what happened after there? How long did you work there? Um, um, I worked next? there for a couple of years, and when I graduated high school, which was obviously if I was 17, it wasn't much longer after that, Um my parents said you need to go get like a better job. So I went and got a better job at Empire Wire and that was like outside of the restaurant industry. But for me, I couldn't handle living on two week biweekly paychecks. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's hard. So I was like, I'm going to go get a second job. So I got a second job at Buffalo Wild Wings. And from Buffalo Wild Wings, I kind of just transitioned from a biweekly paycheck and realized that getting cash or credit card tips every night was a much better way of living life because I could get what I wanted. I could actually separate money that I wanted to save because I knew that I was going to make, if not the same, more or a little less each night that I worked. So then I started working at other places. I worked at Outback, Beatups, Qdoba, and then I transferred locations from uh, Beatups to Royal Oak, and then from that one, that got me a job at Prano. Oh, and and Prano's a gay bar in Royal Oak, Michigan. Oh, my God. I had no idea. (laughs) I didn't know. Jeez. Um, So so you worked. I just have a question, too. You threw Qdoba in there. I did, yes. They don't have servers or anything. So what did you do there? I was a manager at Qdoba. Oh, okay. It was the worst job I ever had. Why? Sorry, Qdoba. No, it's okay, but why? Um... It was like a glorified line server almost. So you're a shift manager and then you still have to make burritos and, you know, help out. They used to call him the Henry Ford of burritos. What they were... That threw me off, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) I to make a joke. But, I mean, I hated that job and it put me in a really dark, dark spot and I had to get out of there. So I was still working at Qdoba, but... Um, it was during a patch of my life where I made mistakes from being in the restaurant so much. I actually would drink from time to time on the clock and I actually got pulled over and got a DUI, an OWI. So I had to work three jobs to pay that off. So to do that, I worked at Kidova, Prano, and I transitioned between Outback and another bar called Tap and Barrel. Good Lord. 
I was able to save up twelve grand in six months and pay my DUI off. Okay, so doing I, that, I was going to so. ask you. Um, you've bartended. You served. Obviously, you're a manager. What other pres- and you were a line cook. Yeah. Okay. So Prana was the first step into like a professional atmosphere working in a restaurant for me because I started getting taken a little bit more serious in the aspect of being a server, not just a somebody coming in to fill in shifts. You yeah. know, they, they were relying on me to do other things and putting me in more responsible positions. Um, I became a trainer at both Prano and Buffalo Wild Wings, actually. And um, and then from there, you know, Prano turned into seven years later. Okay, so so, so for anyone who doesn't know, Prano is a, it's like a mom and pop. It's not corporate or anything by any means, but obviously Buffalo Wild Wings is. Is there any differences of atmospheres from those two environments that you, that were pronounced or obvious? Well, yeah, corporate life is always going to be a little bit more managed, you okay. know, like they have regulations a little bit more than a place like Prano does. And if you, if anybody knows Prano, they're a great place to work, but there's downsides to not working in a corporate restaurant. And um, it's more so you just kind of feel like you have the free for all to do whatever you want. And that led to, you know, like casual drinking. And I mean, not necessarily on the clock. I can't say that on here, but um, <laughs> I don't know who's listening. You're fine. <laughs> You're like, oh my God, I'm calling the health department. Apparently nine people in <laughs> India. <laughs> That's amazing. I want to know. It could, like I said earlier, it could be something else over there. And then it, <laughs> it Buffalo Wild Wings, was there, because at Prano, really at Mom and Pops, there's nowhere to grow unless one day the owners want to tap out and sell you a business, right? But right. at Buffalo Wild Wings, was there somewhere from where I was a bartender and server and a trainer and now I can go up to management? Like, was there places to grow and make a career there? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be a manager and some aspect just to learn how to manage life a little bit more better because I feel like, um, you know, doing something like that always gives you like more in life. You know what I mean? Like you see like a responsibility and I need that sometimes, you know, like it's kind of like put it in perspective, like you sitting in your bed all day long doing nothing or you go to bed, you get up and clean your house. It just gives you some sorts of, um, What's the word I'm looking for? I don't Positive know. emotion? I guess, maybe. But I'm saying, like, more like, you know, like, I am very grateful for the things that I have in my house. I worked for those things. I, you know, I'm grateful for having those. So it kind of gives me, like, the motivation to clean and take care of that stuff. Does that make sense? Yeah. So to I be a manager. Pride. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, sorry. To be a manager, like, it gave me that feeling where, like, I had... I could go in and make somebody's day better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or I had something to do that was beneficial towards that company. Yeah. You know I, I, mean? I want to say I, people shy away from power and authority, those words, but it, that's where really what it is, is, you know, you have the, the authority and the responsibility to then go and actually make a difference and be proud of what you're doing. Yeah. I think that's really the whole point of the, the show. Like if you have an opportunity where you can move up and you're fully capable of doing that, why not go for that opportunity? You're silly not to. Then you're going to stagnate, and that's when people start drifting through life, and they, I'm not at all using you as a reference, but, you know, drink at work or drink at home too much or smoke weed every single day all day long and um, because you know you're not as much as you could be. So you should always move up if you can. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that I have a very um, weird personality sometimes because I think that I like to take opportunities as they come, and that becomes an issue for me actually deciding what path I want to go down in life. And um, I know people that, like, literally drink every day. They sleep until 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and then they just go to work, and then they do it again. There's nothing there for them, but they're not applying themselves. And I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, but it's just like, you know, 
I think everybody has something inside of them that they just haven't found. Does yeah. that make sense? And like, no, I agree. I have found that, and it took me forever to find it. And honestly, I started that 10 years ago, and I'm just starting to move into that, you know? Yeah, and I it agree. It feels great. And, like, you know, I take opportunities. I took, you know, I go on the Murray and Peter tours. I... Um, so let's talk about the, yeah. So let's talk. So on the last episode, ironically, Mitch Mitchell Sensel was talking about the tour he went on um, across the country where they're doing the drag show for RuPaul. Um, so Andrew actually went on that too. I believe he's the one that found the tour for Mitch. So could we talk about that experience? Um, I tried to prod Mitch about that experience a little bit, and he didn't give me what I was asking for. Shady. <laughs> I'm throwing some <laughs> fucking dirt at him. But no, because I think so. A lot of people, they want to go and travel the country and they want to get paid for it. And they want to go on experiences like that and be able to see different cities and, you know, be still attached to some kind of organization that's supporting them and helping them. So what did you gain out of that experience where you were, could you explain the experience first and then tell me what were the things you got out of it? Yeah. So I started in 2017. I was very nervous. Obviously, when you get a, I guess, elite Elite, I don't know. I don't, What's the word you're going for? I don't know. Shit. Like, <laughs> so what was you know, you look at like something and you're like, I know this. You know what I mean? I know the kind of environment that this brings in. Because, you, okay. You know what I mean? Like, I guess elite, I mean like higher class of. Elite. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what what was what was the, what was it then the experience? What is the actual? The experience show? isn't exactly what you think it is because it's actually hard work to do that. So like what you, is that though? What is the? I don't know how to explain it better. What were you doing? I was setting up the stage for what? For the show. So each day I would have to go in. What was the and show? Like we have a team. It was a drag show, right? Drag show. I mean, there's multiple. They have uh, drag queen Christmas. They have haters roast. They have war on the catwalk. Stuff like that. War on the catwalk, sweet. <laughs> it was. It that was that was my first tour actually, and. You know, there's a team of people that set up the stage each day, and it was very, like, um, intimidating because I didn't know how to do that. And, mm-hmm. like, they were looking for people. They just needed people, and I used my resources from Prano to get into that job. So it was a very um, eye-opening experience, and I started that in 2017, and I'm still doing it now. And I actually told them no this year. I was like, you know, I can't do it. I have a lot of going for me right now and what I'm doing. And they were like, I'm counter-offering you. And I came home from actually uh, my current job at where I got promoted as an AGM. And I came home and they were sitting in my driveway in an Escalade. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. And What's they were it? like, basically, you have no choice. And I was like, well, I do. But <laughs> that's cool. Though. I can't turn down your counter-offer. So I had to go back to work and reevaluate and talk to them and be like, look, I don't want to lose my job here. But I am a person, and I literally said this, I was like, I'm a person that will take any opportunity that I can get because yeah. I will always be bored. And I right. don't know what it is, but I'm always bored. Like, I'm always bored. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe that differentiates you from someone who sits on their couch all day and numbs himself with alcohol. Right. I mean, and, you know, to, I mean, um, that runs in my family. I think I drink frequently a lot more than I probably should. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see a problem with it, but I also you know what I mean? So this is the thing, right? So I'm doing sober October. I'm 15 days without drinking alcohol. I know it sounds like I probably have a severe drinking problem, but I think I drink too much in general. But I think it becomes like any kind of disorder too and like addictive disorders and stuff like that only become a disorder when they make your life out of order. But if you're holding jobs and you're drinking casually, like if it's not affecting you in a negative way that you see by your own definition, I don't think it's an issue. Um, but once you start choosing to drink instead of, you know, take the extra opportunity to work or work on your own business or yourself, um, or you're drinking because a negative emotion pops up, you don't want to deal with, then it probably is a problem, but it's, it's your own estimation. I can't tell you. And you only, you can tell yourself if it's an issue, right? Yeah. And I think I've, I'm growing in the aspect of drinking, I guess. Like I, 
I'm not going and doing a million shots every night and like right. hanging out with people just to drink with them. Right now, I think I'm learning that I can go and have a bottle of wine and be fine. Yeah. And then maybe do another bottle. But like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, your point's getting lost here. <laughs> but like, I still get up and I go to work and I do what I need to do. Do I always feel great? No. So that's putting me in perspective of going, okay, maybe your body is telling you that you can't do this mm-hmm. as much. So I'm being better with it. But I mean, everybody goes through hard times. And I'm not saying that I haven't ever drank dealing with problems. Sure. But I also know when to stop. And yeah. like last year during COVID, that was a huge thing. Like it was drinking every day. And like I eventually told myself one time, I was like, you're going to be pissed at yourself if you come out of this and you don't have any of this free money saved up. Yeah. So stop going to the bar or sorry, not the bar, the party store and getting a million things of drinks every fucking day. Yeah. So for in, in case anyone's listening out of state, a party store is a convenience store. I think convenience that's a store or um, liquor store. Liquor store. Yeah. That's I think the word that's a I was looking for, actually. So, um, <laughs> you know, but really, so people do this and they get in these habits of using substances of any kind to numb and they don't realize it's such a slippery slope. So just be aware. I'm not, ever t- I'm not telling you not to drink or anything. Shit, I drink. I just quit vaping. So like, you know, everyone has their vices, but just watch out for the reasons that you're doing it and just keep an eye on it. You know, that's how things get into disorders. We're not paying attention um, or we're being willfully blind, which is even worse. So to get back to your traveling around the country experience with the drag queen shows, what do you think is the most valuable thing? Because a lot of people, again, would love to have that kind of no bad lifestyle and see the world and still financially be secure. So what's the best thing that you've taken out of that? And what's some of the drawbacks and sacrifices you've had to make to do that experience? Um, I think the best thing I took out of that was learning the different personalities and people. And I think that's kind of why you think that I would be good to be on this podcast. I've seen literally, I work with people that are on TVs. I work with celebrities. I work with the producers. There's people that have egos. There's people that treat other people negatively because of how they feel about given situations. The whole, the whole experience for me was positive, but there was a darkness in there for a minute because sometimes you feel like you're not good enough when you're doing stuff like that. So you have to learn and overcome how to just like ignore some people. Cause you know, everybody gives off a certain energy, I Mm -hmm. think. And, um, it was, a thing sometimes where like even I would start treating other people negatively. Okay. You know, and contagious. Like, yeah. And you're with those people too in like a party bus, right? So you're like, sleeping. Yeah, we're we're on top of each other every day. We yeah. you know, twelve people sleep on a bus. We had two buses. You're with each other twenty four seven. Um and I mean there's a lot of drinking on that tour too. So like we would release ourselves on the bus and drink till four or five in the morning and then have to get up at noon or one the next day to do stuff. And that's super late. But yeah. I mean, if you're up till five or six it's in the morning, it's not that late. Yeah. Six you know, hours so late. I mean, and then everybody's tired and nobody's like getting the energy they have. And like when you're on the tour, you literally go right from the bus to the venue and you start working. There's no like moment for yourself to like just chill and watch TV by yourself or like whatever your hobby might be like, drawing like I like to draw I like to be artistic mm-hmm. there's no time for that you that's know what a, I mean that's a lot of people on one bus yeah so I mean were the drag queens hard to live with so they have their own bus oh of course they do yeah the drag bus but the first tour that I was on they didn't and we were all together and it was actually for me because it was my first tour I was just living for everything oh. I was like you know but then you just start realizing yeah, yeah yeah but they were touring so frequently that I would be on tour for two months, come home for three or four weeks and then go back on tour again. So it started getting a little gritty and like, I'm like, I don't have time. I have to figure out, you have to figure out how to pay your bills from 
Texas. You know what I mean? And like, not everything is easily to, easy to be paid online. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, you had to figure out where's my bank at. What was? How do I get cash out? Was it financially like livable? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I okay. mean, they take care of everything on the road for the most part. If you want like anything personal, like you want to go shopping, they're not going to reimburse you for that. But yeah, Ubers, douche, perhaps. like food, they buy you breakfast, lunch, dinner, like whatever. It's all taken care of. Oh, right, that's cool. Yeah. So. And then how did you find that experience just from working at the gay bar, right? Yeah. So Peter and I worked at Prano together for a couple years. Okay. So he's the guy he needed people. Yeah. Okay. So, and I was so nervous because I didn't want to lose my position at Prano. But yeah. They were it's really a risk. Cool. They're really cool. It's always a risk taking part. opportunity. Like, I know that like traveling and doing something like this puts other companies into a little bit of like um, a stressful situation because now they have to replace me for two months. Yeah. Do I expect to come back and do the same position that I currently have at Whiskey Taco? Probably not, but I think I will continue to do their marketing and social media. So let's like talk that. about that really fast. So yeah. you've moved your way through a ton of different restaurant jobs, and today you work at a place called Whiskey, Whiskey Taco Foxtrot, right? Yeah. So what is that company, and what is your current position? How did you get there? So I actually started after I got fired from Prano. Okay. Hmm, no shade. Is that the only job you've ever gotten fired from? It is, yes. What, and and I took was... pride in not being fired from anywhere, and nope. I literally have had conversations with them about it, and they've asked me to come back, but... I still got fired. It was just kind of a political thing, correct? Because somebody, one manager told you you could take a shot or something on St. Patty's Day, and the other one found out and said no or something. Yeah, no, so the GM allowed us to drink. On St. Patrick's Day, right? And their rule is no drinking now. Okay. Uh, But I actually was off the clock. Okay. And there's proof in the pudding somewhere. Proof in the pudding. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, they were busy, and they had somebody call off, and I was already, I worked in the morning, they called me off. Or they let me go, you know, they cut me, if anybody knows that um, analogy. Cutting, there wasn't enough people cutting there, means so they cut. that, yeah, Or that, you know, like we we're slow, so they let me go. Yeah. And then I had people come up, and I was hanging out with them, and then they got busy, and somebody had called in. So um, I was like, hey, I'm going to help you. But I was like, I'm not going to clock back in because I know your rule is that we're not allowed to drink. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to clock back in. You can keep all the tips. I just don't want to see Prano fail. So it was just, a, it was kind of just a misunderstanding of political thing. Yeah. Okay. So basically I got fired because somebody else didn't, they said they didn't want to play second fiddle to the GM. Okay. So unfortunately me and him both lost our. Okay. Jobs. But since then you've restored relations with yeah, them. And so, okay. I just want to clear that up because it sounds yeah, bad, but I think no, everything has been restored. So you um, got your job at whiskey Fox because of I can't that say it. whiskey okay. taco Fox trap. Okay. We call it WTF. WTF. And if anybody knows the analogy, it's definitely intentional. Also, anyone <laughs> around the area, it's in Clawson, and we're like right above it right now in the offices yeah. doing this podcast. So it looks really yeah. cool. They have all, Andrew does the events. So, so get into your job, but okay. I'm so yeah. So only because of Prano and that situation, I got what I'm in now. Okay. You know what I mean? So, so earlier we talked about how 10 years ago I started a hobby that's finally picking up. This is what that is. Okay. Doing the graphic design, ah, doing the so, marketing, doing that. You know yep, what I mean? Yep. So Andrew's a great person to have on here for a couple of reasons. So because of his experience in restaurants, because he has good perspective on a bunch of different jobs, he's very, very, um, for anyone who doesn't know, conscientious, which would be a, a five big, big five personality trait dimension that pretty much says you're hardworking, you're industrious. He's always been like that. Um, and very extroverted. So he's a great person to get into marketing to business, obviously a great bartender server. Um, and so on top of all the restaurant jobs he's had, he also has a side job where he created a graphic design business, correct? Yep. All right. So let's talk about, maybe we should talk about that first and then talk about how it led to your current job at Whiskey Taco Fox. Okay. Yeah, we can talk about it. So let's, so so let's jump into that then. Um, 
shoot, I don't even really know how to describe it. But so let me ask you questions kind of that row time and you can <laughs> answer them as goes. So first of all, what is your business called? Uh, it is called APS Graphics and Social Media. And okay. that's the most updated name I have had. A million different names, actually. Okay, so APS Graphics and Social Media. Um, and then how long have you had this business for? Um, I have, I started it in 2013. Oh, that's a while. Yeah, and it's finally picking up. That's all right. That's I was usual. actually doing really, really good before COVID hit. And then most of my um, clients are bars and restaurants. A couple, I've done a couple odd-end jobs for like, um, there's actually a clothing company, Ivy Collection. Shout out to them. I made their logo and they are doing very, very well in the fashion industry. So let's talk about how you started, what that looked like to you. Like, how'd you get into this? I just wanted to do it. I like drawing and I knew at a certain point in our lifetime that paper drawing wasn't going to cut it anymore. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants everything to be digital. So I started teaching myself. I was like, you know what? You're really good at drawing. Let's start doing stuff. And like, it started with, I would just write somebody's name and make it like a logo. Right. And like I was obsessed. And that was on was like, like a tablet? No, I did it on paper. Okay. Back in like, even in like middle school, elementary school, I was always doing it. I was always doing it for my teachers, my friends, everybody. My mom and dad probably have a million of them somewhere. I don't know. But I just started getting obsessed with that. And like, then I started drawing like my favorite, like horror icons and stuff like that. And like people that like influenced me in my life, I would always just draw me and my group of friends in high school we always drew we I had nothing but art classes design classes all that I went to school for it and I dropped out because I was like this is too much money and I can teach myself okay cool you know what I mean so I mean I'm not that experienced I learn every day I'm still learning every day even in the restaurant industry up until I stopped being a server and bartender I was still learning every day because times change people change you learn how to treat people especially right now we're going through a lot of like you know using um I don't know what word I'm thinking of. I don't either. Like, not analogies, but, um, you know, like, they, them. You know, you got to worry about... Oh, pronouns? Like, yeah, pronouns, yes. Sir. Yeah. I'm waking Ugh. up, okay? The coffee hasn't hit yet. <laughs> um, so you started doing this, and then when, yeah. when did you officially decide, I want to start doing this and trying to charge people and make a business out of it? Well, it kind of came back on a moment that I had where I said, I don't want to work for anybody anymore. Got that feeling. I, I totally you, get that yep, feeling. you get it. And I don't want to work for anybody else, but I think in that aspect I will always work for somebody in a sense but it might be that we're more of a team and a partnership instead of you being on payroll he's not my boss they're paying you for your company which is different like nothing against what I'm doing right now they are great people to work for and they don't treat me like they are above me we work together yeah cover that thing what (laughs) it's a cover your ass Oh yeah, for sure. I'm yeah, just yeah. I don't know if you're listening. You might be. We it's are so right funny above when you. I do this podcast <laughs> whenever someone talks about like anything professional in their life, like Mitch did it last week. Oh, great people! I'm like, stop wiping your own ass. But they <laughs> no, they they I'm really truly are. I mean, like literally, like I that do kind too, of goes into it. They realize they saw. So I okay, we'll go into this a little. Wait, bit so more. before you jump into the restaurant you currently work at, okay. let's jump back. So. Because this is very interesting. A lot of people want to start their own business. Again, a lot of people want to be digital nomads and they want to have some kind of product to sell. But And I'm trying to do this right with the podcast and I have YouTube videos and everything. But there's barriers, there's psychological barriers you need to cross. So I want to know how you cross them. So um, like first and foremost, when you got your first paying gig, how did you get past the psychological barrier of saying, I'm worth this money, I'm going to tar- charge them for this? Because that's a huge barrier for most people. I have trouble doing that. Um, I don't think I ever thought about it. You I didn't. think I just did it. That's but amazing. I also just, 
I don't want to rip anybody off because when I first started, I was like, I'm going to do something great for a really low price, hoping that they refer me to somebody else. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So normally people, so they I, have like imposter syndrome, right? So, yeah. Or they don't call it that. I just listened to a podcast on it. It's not imposter syndrome. It's imposter phenomenon where you don't feel like you're worth the money. So people do free stuff for years. So they'll severely undercharge themselves and it's very hard to break past that. And then people give up because they're not making money. You know, they kind of become their, their own shooting in the foot, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, nothing is just going to show up one day and be there for you. Right. Literally. I mean, like I said, I think I said 2013 could have been 10 years. I really don't know when I started this because I think I had the idea for a long time, but you know, going back to what you were saying, like with that, that barrier that I had to cross, it got intimidating at certain points because at one point I was getting so many opportunities to do work for people that I had to look at time management and what I was doing. And I had to look at what somebody else's style of what they wanted versus how I felt it should be. still a great problem to have though. Yeah, absolutely. So like even to this day, like, you know, the current place that I work at, they say I'm doing a great job at branding them right now. I think you are. But my branding for them might be great for them and for me, but it might not be great for somebody else. Right. You know what I mean? So I always tell people when I do a project for them, you give me an idea of what you're looking for. Okay. How do you want to appeal? Who are you appealing to? And like, it's something that I'm still learning. That's, no, but that's amazing because you didn't go to school. Like a lot no. of people go to school for four years for yeah. business marketing just for that or for graphic design. Yeah. So you're doing both of those things without a degree. Right. And I think that's really amazing. My, if I was to ever to go back to school, it would just be for small business management. Okay. You know what I mean? You can do classes. So if you ever go yeah. on Udemy, Udemy.com for anyone listening, um, you can get classes for free, but if you pay like 15 bucks, they have better quality ones that like, I literally took a, um, life coaching course by Kane Ramsey, 52 hours worth of courses, $17. I'm going to take his CBT course for cognitive behavioral therapy next. Again, it's like 15 bucks, 50 hours of courses. Incredible. I mean, you can get a whole high or college degree for like a hundred less than a hundred dollars on Udemy. I just think it's so undervalued. If you don't need the actual, like in therapy, you need the licensing, right? In the graphic design, as long as you're effective, who gives a fuck if you're licensed? Like, you don't need a license yeah, in graphic design. Absolutely. So if you can learn those classes practically for free or a trade or anything like that, why go to college anymore to do that? Well, and to me, and I, don't, I mean, I don't, I don't ever imagine myself going back to school because, in my opinion, graphic design and social media is constantly changing. Uh, you're right. So I could take a class this semester, and next semester could be the same class and completely different material because yep. something new came out. And like that's just an endless cycle of spending money on classes. And, and I think it might be like that in, in every industry right mm-hmm. now. I think COVID is revolutionizing a lot of things. I, and I, I agree. And it's going to be a, a different world in 10 years. You know what I mean? Yep. Social media might not even exist. But right now, my goal is that. And, like, you have to stick to what you want to do. I know a lot of people are like, I'm just going to go in this field because it's good money or, you know, whatever. If that's what you want to do, fine. But also, somewhere down there, you probably have something that you could find to be beneficial to your life and you can make money on it. Yep. You know what I I mean? I truly, truly believe that. Um, And I think that, honestly, I might have something else. Like, this, to me, I don't like the whole digital thing, but I'm good at it. And I do it. You know but, I mean? but you're still every single day you're doing it and you're learning and you're gaining skills that are practical to use. Absolutely. So, um, after you kind of did your first little gigs and stuff, actually what services do you actually offer? Cause I know it's probably can, like people hear graphic design and I get it, but I really don't understand everything that's offered. And so I do pretty much anything. I love digital, um, creations. I do marketing management. <laughs> He's reading his sticker right now. <laughs> you're an idiot. <laughs> so my understanding is like you literally, so you're doing the social media stuff. You make advertisements. Marketing is like you're putting, I know for this company, you're putting shows together and events. 
Yeah, so I'm doing uh, social media management, marketing materials, logo creation. Like, literally, I've done almost everything, but not in a large, ass, like, you know. Okay, and then if you guys want to just see what Andrew's doing, he, I gave him my logo one day. It didn't have the lettering or the, or the shading. It was kind of like a rough copy, and he touched it up, and now that is a drift-proof logo. So I think that's great. Um, look at it. It looks amazing, and he does great work. So I just think it's cool, again, that you didn't – I'm not saying no one should go to school, but if you're – conscientious enough to where you can get into a field that you don't again need the licensing and you can do it yourself then why not try that before you go and invest all this money yeah don't be afraid of financial holdbacks yeah so you know what i mean like yeah. if you don't have the money to go to school and you know that you can teach yourself just try to do it or I ask agree. somebody that can help you, you and know i think I mean? that my my belief is that the universities are failing in general and i think that there's going to be structures put in place soon that give people the option to license themselves through testing and stuff but as of right now you know, again, if you want to be a therapist or a doctor, you're not going to get licensed without going to school. And maybe rightfully so, but I think that's going to change one day pretty soon. Um, maybe not for doctors. That might take a slow burn process, but like for engineers where you could learn the stuff and take testing and math testing. And so, um, okay. So now this brings me to my next point. So Andrew's doing this business. He's worked in all these restaurants. Uh, he loses his job at Pronto, the gay bar. And then now we're sitting upstairs in his new job office, which is amazing of your office. So um, how did you get hired here for the job you do? What role do you do? And how did everything you that you did before work up to the point you're at? Okay, so um, I applied to Whiskey Taco Foxtrot because I just knew friends that worked there. And they said, you know, they, they opened a week before the pandemic and they survived solely on carryouts the whole entire time. Mm -hmm. So they needed people to work here. And ironically enough, when I applied, the GM of the last place was actually here applying too, and we both got the job. And it was kind of cool to see us both work back into what we were, what our original goal was at Prado. You know, being at Prado for seven years, my goal was to be a manager there. Okay. I mean, you know, I would have been happy with it because I had the time to do my side business and work there and make extra. That's cash. the goal, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like an ideal career, but it was good money, and no, I was happy there. But you're, the, I think the yeah. main thing, though, is that you are doing – You're, the, I made a comment in my first episode where I said I was serving and I wasn't happy with it because I felt like I was drifting through life. Yeah. But I think that there's a lot of truth to that, and a lot of people get caught in those jobs where they are drifting. But I'm not – because he heard that, and he's like, damn, it sounds like you're attacking me. And I'm like, I'm not attacking you because you're doing this entire side business that's now led you to become a manager instead of just drifting aimlessly through your 30s serving still or bartending from job to job. Like, you're doing stuff that isn't drifting. Yeah. So I don't want you to think that. But No, I I, I agree with you. But I, I also, when I worked, um, I loved everyone I worked with, but I also worked with a lot of people who did feel trapped and who weren't working on anything to better themselves on the side, and then they were 35, and they were stuck behind a bar that they didn't want to be at, and then they got bitter, resentful, and overwhelmed and trapped. Yeah. So I will say, I mean, I completely agree with you, but I will also say like something that irritates me when it comes to the service industry is like people that say that being a server or bartender is not a career. It, okay. And it kind of like be. my mom says that and it really irritates me. So I'm not, and again, I'm and not, no, and I know that that's not what you're I, that's saying. Not, okay. I'm just I, pointing that out for everybody else that might be listening, thinking that like being in the restaurant industry isn't a legitimate job. Yes. And I will always defend that because it is a legitimate job. For everybody that goes out, somebody has to be there to provide you service mm -hmm. to get you what you want. Yep. You know and, what I mean? And financially, so... There's not a job in this world that isn't a legitimate job. I agree. I agree. You know and I don't mean? mean to down talk it, but yeah. when... No, and you're not. I just only mean you're drifting when you get to the point where you feel like you're trapped and then you have to be stuck in the career you're at because you're not doing anything to better yourself yeah, on the side. It's not, you a, it's not for everybody. Yeah. But if you want to be a server, my brother's girlfriend's a server at a steakhouse and she makes better money than the nurses make right now at my hospital. 
and she's totally happy there. She is financially super responsible. She's looking at buying a house and doing investment property. So that's amazing. Absolutely. It's a career. I just yeah. mean, when it becomes your resentful and bitter, then it's, I wasn't attacking you. No, but I want to I clarify <laughs> I because to for everyone too. I'm not trying to look down on any industry yeah. or anything. I do want to clarify, yeah. but there are jobs where some people shouldn't be working and then they do drift and they, they, they skate I've by. had my moments in the restaurant industry where I'm going, what the hell am I doing? I'm sure. Why I, am I yeah, here? I've had those in every you job I've ever worked. Yeah. Why am I like mm, the corporate restaurants? I'll never work at a corporate restaurant again. I was hinting at that earlier. That you was literally like. That's why I was asking about corporate. You didn't like corporate, did you? No, it's horrible. Yeah, I worked at I Costco and it was It's way not that corporate. I. I can manage myself. It's just a bad environment in general to uh-huh. be in because corporate restaurants are failing. Mm. And they're paying you bare minimum. They want to yep. cut you. They want to cut other people that are on your team taking other tables because they don't want to pay the labor. Uh huh. You know what I mean? So I it's get just that. horrible. And most restaurants do operate like that, but they're not going to put their business at risk and let people give poor quality service just to save a couple dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? The little ones, right? Yeah, okay. absolutely. Sorry. So to get back. So this is your yeah. job. What is your official title at this job? So right now I'm an acting assistant general manager. Okay. When I go on tour, that pro- position probably will be filled. I mean, that's, that's fine because my goal is to just do their marketing, advertising, social media, all that stuff. I don't want to be a manager there. I think, you know, that goal was something back in the day that I was trying to just help myself give myself something to a reason to go to work. Every You're talking to about work here in, or Buffalo Wild Wings? Oh, I'm just referring back to that goal. You know what I mean? Yes. So okay. Like, that goal that I had to be a manager at B-Dubs isn't so much the goal that I have now. Okay. I'm 28. Then I was 24. You know okay. what I mean? So times have changed. Yeah. But that gave me a reason to go to work back in the day because I was like, I'm going to work instead of just going here to, to satisfy customers that tip very poorly mm-hmm. or, you know, there was great people too. But, you know, for the most part, when you work like that, you're relying on what people tip you. And yeah. not everybody understands that. And I know so you want to touch on that a little bit. We are in a little bit. So what is yeah. your no, what is your current job now? So at my the current job yes. right now is acting assistant general manager. That's here. Okay. Yep. And then I do the social media and graphics on the side. So it's kind of a combination of everything you've done in the past. Yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. And that's how it kinda of led into and I know that we were we get distracted easily. Sorry. That's okay. That's how all these have gone <laughs> um, now. It's fine. I was a server and you know, something was happening with an event that I was doing, I brought in one of the queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. I cannot believe you just I, said that sentence. What? I brought in one of the queens. I brought in a queen. <laughs> uh, but she's a good friend of mine. We've met We met on the tour. And, um, her manager, Mary Kirk, shout out Ma- Mary Kirk. Go Mary it's, Kirk. Yeah, she's great. Um, <laughs> she and I actually ran into each other at a show in Grand Rapids. And I was like, oh my God, we haven't seen each other in forever. Let's go to, let's like do a drag show. Because, you know, we didn't know when tours we're going to go back together and stuff like that anyway so i went to my work and i was just a server at the time after being fired from pronouns just so everybody knows we're on the same page now we're talking like most current situation um and i said hey like you know i don't want to do this if you guys aren't interested but they're very it's a straight owned veteran owned um company and they wanted to show the lgbtq plus community like that they were supportive all right so they wanted to do something great for pride and obviously pride this year got pushed back to this month in october and you know june is still pride month in mm-hmm. general so we did we asked Thorgy to come in and do a show and i went to them and i said hey are you guys okay with doing this it's going to be a little bit more money but it's going to put you guys in a in a realm where lgbtq community can feel safe right. and supported right. so we did that cool and then i made all the ads for that and at that time and I'm not, he probably isn't listening, but um, they had a guy that was doing their stuff. 
their marketing, their social media, their Instagram, stuff like that. And I made all the ads for this event because he didn't want to do it. But also, I wanted it to look the way I wanted it to look. Yeah, that's fair. I was putting the show together. I knew what it was going to be about. I wanted to do the look for it. And um, long story short, I took over his job and the owners of this current business realized that I had a little bit more potential that could help them other than just being a server. Okay. And then during that, the GM that also got fired with me from Prano, he was growing as well. So it was kind of like a weird like turn of events. Like we both, we were at the lowest low and then we literally picked right back up. It was literally a week after I got fired from Prano that I found the job here. And then about two months after that, I became who I am now. So it's a stock market trend. Yeah. It's so crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So stock market trend too, for anyone who doesn't I know. hope it doesn't drop. <laughs> no, well, so this thing, if you're working, I believe this is how life works too, not just numbers. If you are working on yourself and you're, val- you're actually adding value to your life every day and to your own net worth and human capital, um, you're going to have dips. But over a long period of time, it's always going to go up. But there's going to be little dips and stuff along the way. But, you know, you start at zero and then compounding interest along the way. So it's kind of interesting. But I don't know. It's just kind of cool that to see that working out in your life. Yeah. Thank you. In that manner. But I, I've seen this in a lot of people's lives where there are dips, but then they go, you know, because you've invested all the time in yourself, you might have a little dip and it's going to feel really bad and you're not going to know why, but then you're going to jump right back up to a higher position and you're, you know, in retrospect, you're going to go, okay, everything happened for a reason. Absolutely. And I agree with that for most things. There are things that I'm going, why the hell did that just happen? But yeah. you get over it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was very upset when I got fired from Prano and they are very aware of that. We've had multiple conversations. They've asked me to come back, but I always took pride in never being fired from somewhere. Yeah. And I've always taken pride in literally putting my two weeks in before I leave somewhere too. Please do that. People, you don't have to do more than two weeks, but just have the conscious, like most of the time you say you're putting your two weeks in restaurants and be like, we don't need Let you. you go. Yeah. Same with sales industry. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we don't need you cause we're petty. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, okay, so this is what you're doing now, and how are you liking it? I love it. Good. I don't want to be a manager anymore, but okay, so um, it's just they're short-staffed. Everybody knows restaurants are short-staffed mm-hmm. right now, and really you need bad. somebody with experience to do that. Yep. It's me and another girl. We're the acting assistant general managers, and then when I leave, they're going to appoint somebody else to take over that spot as like a shift leader. And then how um, is it just this one restaurant that they own, or is there a couple? They own two right okay. now. So they own uh, Whiskey Taco Foxtra and Downtown Charlie's. They're both in Clawson. Clawson, Michigan. Woo-woo. Yeah, woo-woo. It's actually up and coming. It's really cute down here. Um, yeah, you know what? And it's right outside it's of Royal bad. Oak for those that live in the area. Cool. So that's what you're doing. So what are your goals, if you have any goals for the future? I know you're kind of, you said take opportunities as they come, which is fine, but you should still have some kind of a goal, like... I'm assuming business-wise, you're going on your tour, mm-hmm. so you're going to take a break from this job and yep. go on your tour. Yeah, I think this might be my last one. Okay. It's, I mean, it's not my ultimate goal in life to do this. I love it. I would love to do. I would love to be a PA for All Time Low or what's a PA? A production assistant. Okay. So on the tour, I'm the LPA. I'm the you lead. You're the All Time Low. Hit him oh, up. Hey. We went to your concert. If a anybody knows. Weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I need one song. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) hey, but you know, better than nothing. Um, But you know, like any actual like concert series, I think it would be very cool. Like it's an opportunity. Like I said, I like to take opportunities. So if I got an opportunity down the road to set up a stage for a band that I loved or a band in general, like at DTE or, you know, the film or something like that, I would do it. He won't drink on the job, people. No. I'm just being a dick. I do on tour. (laughs) Um, but that's just how it goes. All right. Um, okay. But yeah, I do have goals for myself and I do want my business that I currently have 
to be bigger than it is. Are you like, com- I'm like, go ahead. I was gonna say, so are you comfortable now if you are going to advertise your business, you go to someone and you say, I'm going to do this social media marketing. Here's how much I'm going to charge. And you comfortable charging what you actually think you're worth now? Well, yeah. Um, good. I'm not going to talk money. Let's you just don't have say, to talk, but no, no, like, no, don't talk actually. I'm very happy with what I'm being paid right now, but no, in general. Yeah. So, in so general, you can, if ask. I'm looking at, a couple more clients, I would need a team and then I would start employing people. So that would so, be the goal, right? Yeah. My goal is to have a team behind me awesome. where I'm also working. I'm not going to use them and be like, I'm going to go sit in Hawaii while you guys do my work for right, me. Right, no, right. I want it to be a piece of me. And that's something why my, like I'm unique. So you're going to have to learn to delegate. No. Yeah. Which I do, but I think sometimes I'm a little too nice. Yeah. Well, it's also, but I don't want to, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm above them. Like, yeah, like, it's my company, but I want a team where we're together and we're mm-hmm. working together. You and to create great. healthy boundaries. Yeah. Like literally, I don't want you to feel like you're afraid to talk to me about something mm-hmm. or whatever. So we grow together because art in each, when you're doing art, art is somebody's imagination. Yeah. Right. So I can't tell you that your imagination looks bad. It's wrong. Right. Right. So I have to, and I do this to myself all the time. I think some of the stuff that I do looks like shit, Yeah. but other people are like, it looks amazing. But most of the time, I make sure I like it because mm-hmm. it makes me feel better. And also, I'm representing myself for myself at the moment. Yep. If I have a team behind me, which is the goal, to do advertising in a long term with multiple clients. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's really hard. I see local people do it all the time with, like, T-shirt companies and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't want to go down a T-shirt company road. I would work with another company to build, like, community support and stuff okay. like that. Um but I do want to be bigger. Like I want, you know, if I wanted to go to Hawaii with my team and we all sit on the beach and we're making ads, why would you not want to do that? Right. You know Digital I mean? nomad. Like, you that's only the goal. Live <laughs> once. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So that's awesome though. I mean, yeah. it's so cool to me that you've yeah. started a business while you've been doing the restaurant industry yeah. and then it just worked out to where all those things connected and you're doing that and now you have goals for the future. Yeah. And like, you it's know, beautiful. it started, let's say 10 years ago, even though I don't really know, I think it was. But what could that be in 10 more years? You know what I mean? Like, it'll probably be what I want it to be, at least going in that path. And, like, I am sitting in my own office right now. Yeah. There's not much around I'm sitting in your office right now. (laughs) I feel welcome. It's it's used for... Everybody that works, he has there, a but mini I'm the fridge, only one. <laughs> and he gave me bottled water, Pride Water, LOL. We did pay for it in case Andrew, <laughs> the owner, asks. It's been paid for and it's donated to Pride causes. Hundred percent of their profits. Hundred percent. Pride water. Local DM. charities and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I do want to ask you now. You're a very, very good wealth of information for both serving and bartending. So when I was working, I worked as a bartender for like six months with Andrew and leaned on him like a huge crutch because he just knew drink so much better than me. So um, I'm going to ask you some questions about bartending and serving that I think in general is very interesting to ask. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to start off with: Do you have any like? server tips or psychological tips that you know to make people tip more not in like a bad way not like you're manipulating in a huge way but like anything you can do to make tips better or make more money yeah so i mean you know um when i started this it wasn't that easy of a concept to understand but you learn from your mistakes and the biggest thing that i learned from was every time somebody got mad at me i looked at it as yeah i'm frustrated about that situation and yeah i want to blame them but also they're not wrong some oh. of most of them were, but Do you some have an of example? them were. So like, you know, like just a bad experience with the customer, like me if they gave me attitude, just giving attitude back. You've done that. Well yeah, I'm because I was younger. That. You All know right. what I mean? So like I was like, What's your problem? Right. You know what I mean? But then I had to realize like, okay, I'm affecting my financial situation doing something like uh-huh. that. So um 
So mm. what are the things have you done that you've noticed that have up so I'm only asking because there was a psychological study back I don't remember it was a couple years ago I believe but they followed around technically quote unquote nice servers agreeable people and then they followed around people who were traditionally more negative snotty kind of like talk back to people and they found out that the ones who acted like they were in a bad mood actually got tipped more because people apparently felt bad for them and the good servers that were nice and overwhelmingly accommodating actually made less money was this in a a one restaurant or was this i don't know i don't know i need to look up the stuff because i don't think that there's any like just one path to be a server i think you have to learn who your guest is okay you know what i mean like if they don't seem like they want the menu explained to them, don't explain the menu to them. Okay, you know so what I mean? have basic but, And that's the bad awareness. thing about corporate restaurants is that they make you treat, treat everybody the same. Uh-huh. Including their employees. Including yeah. the employees. And, yeah. like, you could have somebody come in a million times or, like, let's say they come in three times a week. They want you to say the same thing to them every time you come in. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I'm going to build a relationship with you. So building a relationship with somebody in general in life is better. Um, and it gets you... If you learn somebody's name, you're already better than what you were before you didn't know their name. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the first step. And impressions are everything. And as a server, you are making first impressions with almost everybody that you take care of. Yep. You know what I mean? So, learning somebody's name, you don't need to do it for everybody. But if you notice somebody's coming in frequently, say, welcome back. Yeah. You know, thanks for coming in again. Um don't ever say no problem. Somebody told me that. It was a huge That's no-no. true. Yep. You're supposed to say um, what, what, something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. Yeah. yeah. Of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You yep. know, like no problem assinuates that you're upset about something, uh-huh. I guess. And I still don't fully get that, but I get it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just, I'm not even going to think about it. I'm just going to be like, okay, that's, I think that's it's what it's somebody else wants. Because it's a whatever. negative affirmation. Yeah. So you're saying no. I'm not going to lean on it too much. You yep. know what I mean? I'm just going to be like, okay, they don't want to hear it. Whatever. Yep. You know what I mean? And every time I say it, I'm like, you're not supposed to say that. I, I've gotten the <laughs> habit of saying, not saying that as well, the Comos. They also wanted you to say um, guest instead of yeah. whatever. Yeah, guest is definitely like the new way of customer. going. No customer, uh-huh. people. Just little words like that. are guests because they want people to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I get it, you know. I mean, yeah. I don't know if this is much of advice, but, you know, if you have personal things going on and you come to work, yeah. That's fine, but don't put it on people that come out because you also have to realize that maybe those people or your guests that are sitting in the restaurant also are dealing with something too, and they don't want to be treated in a certain way by you because you also have something going on. Right. And I know it's hard to say that, but like, no, but try to keep things just. You don't have to be over so this joyous is, or like outgoing, but like just be you know chill. This is what differentiates the people who go in to serve as a job and those who go in as a career, though. Is that you're taking it seriously? Like I know some people think serving is just I'm going to do this for a couple years and then mm-hmm. I'm done or even just a couple months until I find something else. But then you realize that you're going to be there for a while uh-huh. because it's not easy to quit a job. No, it's not. It's you also learn the climate and you know what they're going through. And if they're short staffed, it's kind of it's hard to quit. Yeah. Once you you're know? psychologically settled in, it's yeah. very difficult. Yeah. Also, and just going to throw this out. Anyone who's working in the work field or workforce anywhere, you're spending your time there. So you do you know bring the best you can to the table why would you spend your time and physically be somewhere spending your life away literally passing the hours doing a half-assed job i see it at every job i've ever worked people who are not happy and they do that but it's like you're disrespecting yourself the most out of anyone first and foremost and then you're doing the the guests the customers and your employer disservice quit if you're that unhappy you can't bring your best to the table then don't bring yourself to the table at all 
because you're literally spending your own time doing that. It's so disrespectful to yourself. So I just am on that rant because everywhere I've ever worked, Andrew, everywhere I've ever worked, even the psych hospital, most of the people are amazing. But every once in a while, you get someone who doesn't want to be there. And it's like, why spend your time? I just don't get it. I, I get it, too. I mean, I mean, so I don't get it either. But I see it as well. Like, I know people that, like, in my opinion, I'm not even going to, like, go down a negative road with it. But in yeah, my yeah. opinion, like, if you enjoy what you're doing, you're going to get up. You're going to get ready. You're not going to come to work with your hair in a ponytail, don't take a shower, and in sweatpants. You There's know nothing I mean? wrong with the ponytail. No, but like sometimes sweatpants? just put your ponytail a little up better. Yeah. Come on, girl, get it together. You know, like whatever. You know, what are you like, talking about? Don't sleep in Who a ponytail. <laughs> don't sleep in a ponytail and get out of bed and just go to work. You, right. you know, you got to fix it a little bit, you know? So um, I also <laughs> want to ask you questions about bartending. So I found, I like, sir, I've done serving and bartending now. Serving, they're both hard jobs. Make no mistake. I've Absolutely. got, I used to get 30,000 steps a day working at um, the, the patio bar that I worked at. And then, Bartending was really hard for me. Yeah. Um, bartending was hard. So what is your advice for someone to, to practice bartending or to get into that job and succeed? Do you have any advice? Because you're really very, very much so a good bartender. You ran the whole bar pretty much. And, and mm. I was just amazed when you would work there, you'd float around and you'd make drinks so fast. And it was, perf- I just did a great job. Well, I mean, I will say it was easier when you and I worked together at Prano because I had been there for seven years. Majority of the community ends up knowing each other over a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether I liked them or they liked me, whatever. I get along with most people, but you know, you have those people that you don't. So mm-hmm. for me, it was easy when we were together because I knew most of the people that came in. Going into that, it was very nerve wracking. Right. And I'm actually going to kind of float back to Peter with the production company. Mm-hmm. When I first met him, he did not remember my name for at least a month and a half. Oh, right. And it was really like hard for me to want to come into somewhere. I'm like, they don't care about me. Yeah. You know what I mean? He doesn't remember my name. Yeah. He doesn't. Every time I come in, what's your name again? Andrea, Michael. I don't know. You know, it could have been something, you know, he was just always like, I don't remember your name. Tell me what it is. And he was really hard on me. And then one day he came up to me and he said, you're one of the best new hires that we've had. And I said, I'm shocked that you just said that. He was a manager. No, he was just like a bartender that had been there forever. Okay. Everybody loves him. Everybody respects him. He is the OG gangster of that place. Like, All right. He knows what he's doing inside and out. He could go in there right now and bring a crowd of a million people. And he hasn't been there since like 2015. All right. Um, maybe 16. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, we had technical difficulty, but we are back on track. Yeah, somewhat. I'm trying to get there. Um, so I think what we were trying to say was that, you know, I was giving or getting advice from Peter about like, being welcomed into the industry, right? Yeah. And like how he didn't remember my name and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And so like, it's kind of interesting and I don't know what path I was directly going in with that, but it's kind of interesting that like it could, st- a relationship like that could start where they don't care to know your name and then end up working for them years down the road for their own company, traveling the world. And it's kind of great. You so, know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. So the progression of how that happened. Um, the progression of how that happened. How you got your job. I think that's what you're talking about. Okay. I'm sorry. We got, <laughs> you were literally thrown off. So my, my drive was full and it was just a whole mofo to get back on track with that. Um, okay. So I do want to ask you just as a bartender that's really good at what you're doing, what are your two favorite drinks to make and how do you make them? Ooh. Uh-huh. Good question, right? I love a good... I love a good pour of wine. That's so there's freaking some, lame. I know, but like, let me finish. <laughs> there's something about seeing the wine just go okay. into a glass that's like satisfying. So what you, what's your favorite But my favorite, wine? my favorite, okay, I, I usually like white, which is so weird, but I hate Moscato. Moscato's Too trash. Sweet. Yeah. Um, 
rosé it's great and then um chardonnay but chardonnay gives me like the worst migraine very headache and hangover ever um but i've been going down a red wine road lately and i really am enjoying it so i think pinot noir and a red blend maybe cab merlot they're all the same as long as my, it's not my too sweet girlfriend that works at the uh wine bar she likes malbec malbec yeah it's a good one um i think that's the one that stains my teeth though so that's it's kind of a no-no there's okay. like certain red wines that are super like colorful and i'm just purple oh, i don't favorite like it. beer what's your favorite beer Coors Light. Shout out right, Coors Light. I didn't expect that. Answer. <laughs> and then I do like Oktoberfest and like Lining Kugel's Summer Shandy and stuff like that. But my favorite um, drink to make is like obviously a margarita. Uh, you know, a little salt rim on there. <laughs> Why and, uh, margarita? I don't know. It's nice, easy. It's refreshing. Kind of goes with anything. Tacos, summer, you know, shit like that. Um, you know, but you got to have the fresh limes. No bullshit from the store. A um, little bit of simple syrup, but not enough. Or not a lot, sorry. And then tequila. Heavy tequila. <laughs> what kind of tequila do you use? Um, I hate 1800. I was about to say you probably use 1800. No, I use Casamigos. Everybody Casamigos assumes 1800. Nice. I'm like, no, it's garbage. And, you know, George Clooney, you know, Batman over here made Casamigos with somebody. So, I mean, why not? Okay, so <laughs> it's lime juice, simple syrup. Orange juice, right? Isn't there orange juice in it? There could be a, I mean, a bar, they would put a splash of orange juice in there. Uh, because, like, you know, Prano didn't have a margarita mix, so they would do, like, stuff to make it up. I like a little splash of orange juice in mine personally. And then agave. And agave. Okay. Yep. I made, when I was bartending, I made this jalapeno margarita, and it was so, I didn't know. I'm like, I'm going to put, like, five or six different pieces of jalapeno in here. I shook it up. Literally took your breath away. I think I almost killed someone. It's <laughs> like it fumes, you know, when you drink oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Jalapeno margaritas are great, but, yeah, you got to be careful with those. I did one. I was in West Hollywood one time, and I had a frozen raspberry jalapeno margarita. That's good. And I was in a pool on a roof, <laughs> and I think it's called, like, Montrose Hotel or something like that. And, like, literally they gave me a whole jalapeno on the top, and I ate that fucker. And I think I almost killed myself in that <laughs> pool. I was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but it was, like, after a day of day drinking and just whatever, just being on vacation. So, And then it is um, October, so we are getting into Halloween. That is both of our favorite days of the year, I believe. Halloween? Yes. Yeah. So I just want to um, do your thing, do your thing. We're doing a sound bite. Are you going to do something with it? Hello? <laughs> I thought you had a, a scary movie line put up or something. We're so frustrated, like, flustered from the technical difficulties. I'm fucked up right now. <laughs> All right. So, hello? hello. Well, no, there's, they answered the phone, hello, but I think you're supposed to say hello. Okay. Can then we leave that? <laughs> nope, it's perfect. Oh, well, that one doesn't work the way. I'm supposed to say, what's your favorite scary movie? That is what I wanted. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, what are you doing for Halloween? No, I was going to ask you, what is your favorite Halloween drink to make? Um, I don't know, but I did used to make one with Midori because it that? makes like, it's like a green liqueur. Oh, is it apple flavored? Um, I think so. Some, uh, it's melon. It's melon. Okay. Yep. I had to think about it. It's been a long time. Melon. It is that. And so, then, um, I used to go to a bar called Luna and they did that with like Sprite and something else and did dry ice in it. So it was like f glowing green and smoky. It was fucking awesome. Okay. I made this really good caramel apple um, Yum. shot last year and it was literally apple pucker, green apple pucker, caramel vodka. Yep. And then you did that at the party, didn't you? I did it at, no.
Anyway, <laughs> um, no, it was it was green apple pucker and caramel vodka. No, yeah, really, really yeah, it's amazing. Shake it. And yes. then, um, I was gonna say for Halloween this year. Yes. Uh, what are you being? Um, I am going as Georgie from It. His phone is ringing right now, and it literally says "scam likely." <laughs> oh my god! I'm not the only one in this world that ever gets these calls. It's funny that it's a scam <laughs> I know. It's like, hey, don't answer this. It's probably a scam. So you're going for is Georgie? Yeah, but I'm actually ripping my arm off. Like What's I'm just favorite? gonna legit rip my arm off to really get into that character this year. What is your favorite food at the <laughs> carnival? <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it yesterday. It's so good. And the beginning scene is so like it's amazing. It is creepy. Um and then they you know in the end if you don't cry about Georgie, then you just have no soul. <laughs> honestly. But yeah, so I'm actually I'm not actually ripping my arm off. I'm not crazy, but Okay, well we'll have we clarified that. I'm taping my arm to the side and I'm cutting the arm of the raincoat off and I'm going to have blood all over my face and on the arm and then I have white like completely whited out eye contacts that I'm putting in cool and then I I want to be kind of cute so I think I'm going to do like black short shorts that cute he's a child somebody wants to get (laughs) fucked by he's somebody a child. Like that. Okay. <laughs> not Georgie. Oh my God. I'm not a pedophile, so, Jesus. Well, we got invited by a friend Mitch from the last episode to go to Necto, which is a gay bar in Ann Arbor. It does Friday gay nights. And we're not like, I'm not the sexy gay that dresses up like that, obviously. Yeah. To be clear from the episodes I've done, but um, I'm going to be Dr. Evil. That's amazing. I'm going to wear the full suit with the bald cap to the gay club. You know, you might get it. You never know. <laughs> probably a fetish. Somebody <laughs> might. That's what I'm saying. There's a fetish out there that somebody wants to get fucked by somebody in a horror film. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Um, so now that we made everyone cringe, I do want to yeah. ask you a couple more questions <laughs> and we'll, we'll land the ship. Okay. So what do you, if somebody wants to start their own business or get into something, what is the best advice you give them to, to get started with? Don't them? be nervous. You can be nervous, yeah. but like, don't like let your nervousness control your stop life you. and stop you from doing it. Okay. Because when you start, like I was like that too. I'm like, I'm so nervous. I'm worried that people are going to be like, why is he doing that? And mm-hmm. start judging me and what I might do or and how my work is. Because in high school, a lot of people did not like my art form and what I did. They're like, it's shitty. It's blah, blah, It wasn't the best, but it was what I wanted it to be. Now these kids out there are painting with paintbrushes and you would never know there was even a stroke on their paper like they were incredible it wasn't my style one i can't do it so why would i try to you know what i mean so do something that you know you can do just move forward it's not going to just show up and happen for you you know what i mean um yeah because you've been doing this business for what 10 years i mean yeah something like that and And now you have a job yeah and i have a job doing it and it's it's pretty much under my control and what i want to do so what are you drawing right now yeah, I'm nervous, okay? <laughs> I keep hearing my voice on these recordings, oh, and I hate it. So you just have to get started, and it's not going to be perfect. No, start. absolutely. And, like, you know, even when I first started, my first step in doing it was creating my own Instagram account. Not, I didn't have any followers, mm-hmm. but at that point, I could invite people that I wanted to to like that account. Yeah. So I could share that I was doing something like that with the people that I wanted them to. To, you know that I wanted to share it with. It wasn't like I just did it and said I went on Facebook and said this is what I'm doing. I slowly got into it and I started building content. And like honestly, my my business Instagram isn't that heavy right now. Yeah, I'm kind of like I post more on my personal account because I have more followers and I'm confident now more to post it to the people that follow me on my personal account than on that one. So. So I do have to build on that. They say it takes 10 years to become an overnight sensation. Hmm. It's been 84 years. (laughs) You're an idiot. Was that a Titanic reference? (laughs) You old bitch. (laughs) 
that, we're going to end the episode. This has been lovely. Thank yeah. you so much for getting on and letting me come in your office. Yes, anytime. Thank you. Yes. You want to say bye in like a spooky kind of Halloween way? Um, bye. <laughs> <laughs>